Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, hey. Talking about Gray. Jim Gray. Jim Jam. Gray Slide. Jim Gray. All right, welcome to Believe in Skateboarding. I'm Jim Gray. Who the hell are you? You're going to hear that a lot on this show. And because there's nobody here to ask that question to tonight, this is my introductory episode. I'm going to tell you who the hell Jim Gray is. So you're going to learn something about the show. So uh, uh, that intro song was by Klaus Grabke or Klaus Grabke for you Americans. Uh, really good friend of mine sat in my office eight months ago and just started singing to me. So little did he know he was creating a theme song. So I never knew I was going to have a theme song, but I have a theme song now. So, uh, so welcome to Believe in Skateboarding. Uh, we are going to talk to people that have things to do with skateboarding. Uh, amateur skateboarders, pro skateboarders, industry people, manufacturers, uh, you know, people that sponsor events, uh, managers, you know, professional athletes that, that aren't skateboarders but ride skateboards. Uh, we're just going to talk to anybody that's affiliated with skateboarding and talk about how skateboarding affects their life. Uh, because a lot of people don't realize the skateboarding culture has infiltrated our, our society so amazingly, it's not even funny. I mean, we have rock star skateboarders. We have, you know, politicians that are skateboarders. We have Hollywood people that are skateboarders. And, and we're going to try to get them in here and, and have a talk with them. Uh, we're, we're not going to be like a lot of the other skateboard podcasts. We're not just going to analyze videos and talk about who did the best hard flip. Because you know what? I don't care. All right. I'm old. Call me you know, an old curmudgeon or whatever like that. But the bottom line is, I don't care what the latest video was. I care about the people that are passing through skateboarding. Uh, I am 56 years old. I've been skateboarding since I was about 10. I got sponsored when I was 13 or so. Um, I call myself the luckiest man in skateboarding because I've got to do everything in skateboarding. So my brother got me started skateboarding. And soon thereafter, I got sponsored a few months later uh, by a company called Pro-Am. And uh, a couple years after that, I was riding for Powerflex, a brand which I am a partner in and partially own. Uh, then I went on to ride for Gordon Smith, which was one of the really big brands of its day. Uh, my teammates on that team were Chris Miller, Billy Ruff, Neil Blender. Uh, I still, to this day, when I walk down the hall and look at that picture on the wall and I go, damn, I'm on there with those legends. I mean, I, I had some good times in skateboarding. Uh, after being a pro skateboarder, I got into the industry. Uh, I formed a company with Larry Balma, who owned Transworld Skateboard Magazine and Tracker Trucks. And uh, it was called Brainstorm Designs. Uh, we made watches, skateboard wheels, uh, all sorts of little things. I sold all the ads for Transworld Skateboard Magazine. Uh, I started Tracker's first wheel program called A1 Meets back in the 80s. Uh, and in the beginning of the 90s, I started Acme Skateboards. That was my own brand. Uh, and part of the reason I started that is I figured, man, I sold the ads for Transworld Skateboard. I dealt with every company. I knew who the freaking liars, the cooks, the cheats, the thieves, the, you know, the slackers. What, you know, and I just figured if these guys can run the skateboard company, so can I. So that was kind of the birth of Acme Skateboards. Um, we started in 1991. Uh, we started a little differently than most people. There was a rebellion going on. Uh, I, I make the claim, I laugh, that I was a rebel in a fake rebellion because what was happening is uh, at that time, everybody turned every amateur pro, gave them all a pro model. So uh, the value of a pro model was destroyed. Uh, we were trying to stand for something more and stand for uh, pro skaters earning the title, not just being tapped on the forehead and told you're pro today. Uh, so we fought a little bit of a battle. We were controversial in skateboarding. Uh, what we also did that was different than many of our competitors is we built a manufacturing plant. 
So we started in 1991. In 1995, I built a factory. And uh, I think I built about 10,000 boards in six months. And then I started building 10,000 boards a month after that. So uh, I built about 2 million skateboards in the city of Costa Mesa. Uh, I sold trucks, wheels, bearings, clothes, uh, a little bit of everything in skateboarding. So I, um, uh, I've been very fortunate. You know, so going from being a pro skateboarder to then sponsoring pro skateboarders and writing checks to, you know, Omar Hassan and Remy Stratton and, you know, Steve Caballero and Mike Vallely and all these different people for trucks and wheels. And uh, I've basically gotten to do everything in skateboarding. So that's why I call myself the luckiest guy in skateboarding. So uh, China kind of made the, diff the factory difficult uh, toward the, the end of the 90s. Uh, again, that was skaters that brought that on, not the old corporate guys that they kicked to the curb and pretended they were more core then. It was the skaters themselves uh, brought China to the table. And uh, that started putting pressure on us. And eventually we knew we weren't going to be able to keep a factory open here. But we had started printing stickers in that factory. Uh, Volcom started in the same parking lot as Acme Skateboards. It was a little company in an office, uh, basically and became a major, major multi-million dollar company. And so by the time we were closing our skateboard factory, I was basically in the sticker business. So I set up a sticker business, which we now call Inkgenda by itself. Uh, and we print stickers still for Volcom, Ruka, Von Zipper, Nike, you know, Joker Skate Shop, Black Label. I mean, you name it, the list goes, goes on and on. Uh, so again, I'm still the luckiest guy in skateboarding because my customers are the coolest people around. Uh, I see tons of cool art comes through my walls. Uh, people come walking through here any day. It could be someone coming to pick something up. I've had everyone from, you know, uh, Dave Hackett, uh, Eric Dressen, you know, just, uh, God, Eric Costin, I think, has been in here. We've had just all sorts of diff different people pass through here. Jay Adams, you know, Alex Nost, Pro Surfer, whatever, come get stickers. I mean, we just, we, we cross over into surf and skate and uh, just been doing it for so long. I truly, I mean, it's, it's, it's the luckiest the luckiest man syndrome. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it up. I'm. I'm lucky, and I'm gonna enjoy it and take it for all all it's worth. But what happens? I have lots of conversation. People they pass through here. Everyone's welcome here. This is a place to just have talks. People love to look at the memorabilia on the walls. Uh, talk about what's going on today. What went on yesterday. So I basically have been doing interviews with people just for the fun of talking for years. People have been bugging me about doing a podcast. I've been on a couple podcasts. Uh, Guarantee some people in the skateboard industry are going to be, oh shit, Jim Gray has a podcast. I don't think I want to hear that because I've always been a big bullshit caller on the skateboard industry. Uh, I love skateboarding more than I love money. So I never was going to sell skateboarders up the river just to get the money out of their wallet. Sadly, most of my compadres, guys I grew up with, whatever like that, they look at skateboarders as a freaking wallet and they're going to get a $20 bill out of it. And I'm just like, no way. I love skateboarding. So I, I don't always uh, go hand in hand with what's going on in the skateboard industry. So there's going to be some bullshit calling some, you know, I'll have some fun, tease a few people, you know, uh, I'm just going to tell some truth. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes down, but you're going to, what you're going to get on here is you're going to get 10 year old kids to legendary pro skateboarders, uh, rock stars, uh, people are going to be surprised to find out what skateboarding and how it affects people. I find people that skateboard everywhere. I say the word skateboarding and someone tells me they skateboarded as a kid. I mean, I was at the you know, Morro Bay Skate Museum last week, one of my first podcasts I interviewed as well. Uh, and they had a board that John Lennon from the Beatles owned. And I mean, just skateboarding has touched every life basically in the last 40 years. And a typical skateboard podcast is only going to talk to whoever is the current pro about the current you know, video that just came out, the latest trick somebody did. I'm probably going to get it. You're not going to hear much of that on here. I'm going to talk to the pros about, you know, 
how many girlfriends they broke up with before they met their wife or, you know, who made the shittiest boards they ever rode growing up and, you know, why'd they ride for this brand or that brand? And I don't know, we're just going to talk about random stuff and get to know each other. And I want you to know the personalities of the guys because most of you guys that follow skateboarding, you already watch the videos. You know how these guys skate. Let's find out who they are, not just how they skate. Uh, and, and it's going to be unfiltered by the skateboard industry. I want to record everyone. I want the derelict skateboarder to the freaking clean cut guy, the guy who breaks every rules. You know, I, um, I don't, I don't want the guys that all dress the same, act the same, walk in line and, you know, and follow suit. Skateboarding as I knew it growing up as a kid was an individual unique sport. There's different people. You went to the skate park, there was freaking long haired dudes, short haired dudes. Somewhere in the 90s, people decided there was a uniform, man. You got to wear the same shoes, the same pants, the same shirt. And I'm like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Our, our, my generation is I, I dig people skating everything. I dig people that ride ditches, pools, parks, street, anything people want to do. Slalom, downhill, freestyle. And it's frustrated me for years that the skateboard industry, the media has been kind of controlled by, you know, my compadres that I grew up with, my my peers that basically hijacked skateboarding and decided skateboarding is only one thing. It's going down a rail. You know, it's like, and it's kind of gotten a little ridiculous and a little old. So I'm going to open up, talk about everything in skateboarding and, uh, and still make it not lame. That's the thing. These guys try to act like and try to put a thing on that everything's lame unless we say it's cool. You know what? The guys who tell you what's cool are the uncoolest people there are. They're the biggest freaking liars and the last person you want to listen to, you know? So I'm going to approach this from a real skateboarder standpoint and interview other real skateboarders about skateboarding and how it's affected their life. That's it. No bullshit. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoon feed you one style of skateboarding. I'm going to introduce you to freestylers and slalom racers and old guys and young guys and men and women, you know? So I, I, the whole goal here is to have a good time to laugh, to, uh, be sarcastic and to, you know, I don't know, hopefully want to tune in again. I mean, that's, you know, I, I don't want to do this for nothing. I like talking to these people. And so if we're going to bother recording it, you know, it's like someone's got to listen. So I hope at least two or three of you people out there enjoy this, you know, um, you know, I love you. I mean, come on. Uh, so, uh, uh, I didn't, uh, I haven't done an, uh, for like 10 minutes. I went all the way through with only with one, uh, uh I'm an amateur at this, by the way. Uh, my vocal coach, wait, I don't have one. Um, my, my film crew, well, that's my friend, Brad and Nathan over there. Um, you know, this is, this is being done. This is roots. This is real right here. This is not, uh, there's no corporate, uh, monopolies down here. Although Coca-Cola, Nike, whoever wants to help you know, sponsor the show, I'm down, bring it on. We could use some cash and use a better camera. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. I, I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, I hope you like who we get on the show. Uh, and if you don't watch another episode, all right? Uh, love you guys. Long live real skateboarding controlled by skateboarders. Okay. Don't ever let go. If you think you'd like to hear some more, please subscribe. Our first episode, which we'll probably post a little bit later this week, will be Daywan Song and Tori Pudwell of Thank You Skateboards. Uh, we had a great talk, talked for a few hours, laughed about a lot of stuff, skated the parking lot, just had a general good time. And now we're going to let this thing fade out to the sounds of MC Intelligence, a.k.a. Mr. Ron Allen, legendary pro skateboarder. Thank you and appreciate you, Ron. And being Check me on the skibbly-wibbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-wobbly-
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.